What is the universe like before The Force Awakens? This is Knights of Outer Ren to the stars, the wars, and beyond. This podcast is an offshoot of another podcast, greatest Star Wars podcast in the world. But this time, we want to cover more than Star Wars, or at least have the opportunity to cover more than Star Wars in the future. Um, we're fans of many different movies, many different TV shows, but yet. We feel like we were all brought together by Star Wars, and that will be probably our central focus. And yet, we will discuss other things in the future. And yet, the first one that we're going to do, and probably the second episode, will be fully focused on Star Wars because this is the week The Force Awakens is released. And so, we gathered many, many people together to discuss what was the universe like before the force awakened the topics will be how did you get introduced to star wars uh who's your favorite character how do you rank the movies what is your anticipation level going into the force awakens and what is the box office take going to be that first week well let me see who's with us we have trooper five what is your real name if you listen to my podcast, Magnus. Uh, what is your real... <laughs> no, to the audience, not to me. <laughs> hey, I'm Tim, or like you said, Trooper 5 on Twitter. He's so angry. So angry. <laughs> it's all about him. <laughs> we also have Josh. Uh, my Twitter handle is Musselin. M-E-S-E-L-Y-N. And then we have <laughs> the Admiral. Well, actually, I am at Thrawn Kill on Twitter. Uh, I do go by Nick in the real world. Why? Throng Kill is so much cooler. I would just walk around just being like, I'm at Throng Kill. Just call me that. It doesn't play well at the DMV for some reason. I'm not sure why. <laughs> we have Katie Peters. Uh, what is your Twitter username? Uh, this ginger underscore Katie. Oh. And we have Johnny Grasso with us. Johnny Grasso, what is your Twitter handle? Johnny underscore Grosso one four and Grosso spelled G R A S S O. And Julia, what is your username? I'm super villainist. S U P E R V I L L A I N I S T. It's not super villainous. It's super villainous. Like, yeah, yeah, with a with a t. With a tuh. And Jared Jones, what is your username, brother? My username is Joaquin Slowly. That's J-O-A-Q-U-I-N-S-L-O-W-L-Y. What? Okay. Joaquin Slowly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to start with Nick. What was your introduction to Star Wars like? I know for a fact that it is my, my parents, my mom and dad, who did introduce me to Star Wars. Uh, it was The Empire Strikes Back was the first movie I did see, Star Wars movie, in the theater. Um, I subsequently did see Jedi, of course, which ended up being my favorite of the three. Anytime I could watch that movie, I was watching that movie. Uh, I grew up as an only child, uh, moved around quite a bit, and I, I didn't have uh, a lot of good set friends, so... Return of the Jedi became my friend, my best friend for quite a long time. I I probably wore through about five tapes. Uh, never got to see it on uh, on Betamax, but just the VH VHS continuously. Like I said, I uh, wore through probably five or six sets of, of the tapes. You you mentioned Empire and Return of the Jedi. What what happened to A New Hope? I actually didn't get to see A New Hope till later on in the '80s, till probably '85 or '86, because really? it wasn't it wasn't released in the area that I lived in in the theater, and uh, until my parents got it on VHS, which probably wasn't until about '86 or '87. So maybe that has something to do with the level where I hold it at in Star Wars lore for me per se, but right. I don't 
I don't hold anything against the movie at all. I think I'm glad it exists because we wouldn't have anything else that I... Do you remember uh, any- what you thought, though? Like, because you had then seen Empire and Return of the Jedi. Do you remember what you thought once you saw A New Hope? Uh, once I saw A New Hope, I, I really can kind of say that I got it. I got the why it was such a great film and why people loved it so much. The I think the moments at the end, the medal ceremony, the, the music getting at the end, and then along with the end of Jedi, it really kind of, that, those moments peaked about the same for me. And yeah. they felt they felt about very similar, and yeah. so I, it made it very easy to embrace a new hope and really kind of pull it into I guess what would say is my canon. So, Josh, tell us about your introduction to the Star Wars. Were you a grown man? Was it last week? <laughs> <laughs> no. See, I grew up in an interesting time. I was born in 1989, and so it was it was after the original trilogy but right before the prequel trilogy i got introduced when they actually re-released them in theaters in the mid to late 90s 97 right yep 97 and ironically what happened was sesame street live had come to town and my mom was talking to my dad and and she says you know josh is too old to see this now what are you gonna? Why don't you take him to go see a movie or something? So my dad goes, "Oh well, Star Wars is out. Why don't I go take him to see that?" And he and she, okay, I I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't seen anything about it. I was just like, "Oh okay." Really? Yeah. So I go I go with my dad to see it to the theater. The theater we went to see it at is still in operation too. Wow. It was myself, my dad, and three other people in the room. And what hooked me was when they get to the cantina and Ben chops the guy's arm off. <laughs> and I swear to you, me as an eight-year-old, chop the guy's arm off, blood everywhere. I scream cool at the top of my lungs. <laughs> From there, it was over. It, it, it was hooked. Trooper 5, what? Uh, please tell me, what was your introduction to Star Wars like? Uh, well, the year I don't even remember just because it's something that's been a part of my life for a long time. I, I can't like pinpoint it to really one time. It's just kind of always been around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a family thing for me. Uh, I'd say mainly uh, my father uh, was one of those guys who was standing in line in 1977 to see it a couple times, if, uh, if not more than that. Right. Uh, and yeah, so it's, just, it's always been around for me. And about what I would say, I've always been a big fan of it. It's always been one of my favorite movie series around, if not my favorite. But I didn't get to the full level of nerdness that I am now until probably about like five years ago um, when I really started discovering getting deeper into the EU. It's kind of funny, actually, because the first book I ever read was Darksaber by Kevin J. Anderson, and I completely despised and hated it completely. <laughs> but for some reason, there was something about it, just the concept of there's more to these stories than what happened in the movie that kept me going. And then after that, I transitioned to the Timothy Zahn novels, uh. which were the complete opposite for me. I, I love those so much. I, I wish that they were movies. And yeah, it's just kind of been continuing ever since. So. Did you get to go to the theater to see the special editions or? Because of scheduling and stuff, I was only able to see, um, I believe it was Empire. So the prequels, though, you were, I mean, you had to have seen them in theater when oh, they came out. absolutely. It was interesting because I, I didn't know what to expect fully. I, I kept up with the news with the casting. So, you know, when they cast Ewan McGregor, I remember hearing that news and uh, getting excited about that. Um, but I didn't know what to expect as far as the visuals. Of course, we knew how the story would eventually end up, but I wasn't sure where it was going to go. So it was very different. It took me a while to really kind of adjust to that completely different uh setting and time but more i got used to it the more i watched it the more i looked into it um it made more sense to me and i've uh overall i I do like the original trilogy better it's not saying i i do not dislike the prequels at all yeah um but i i still enjoy them i'm still very happy i was telling uh on twitter to jesse uh from making star wars earlier Mm -hmm. um I actually haven't been to a premiere for any of the Star Wars movies yet. I was supposed to go to the premiere for Revenge of the Sith. What? I got sick like the day before and I couldn't even leave my house, which was like the worst experience for me. Wow. Um, Which is partly why it means, it really means a lot to me to be going this time next week for The Force Awakens and getting in line. I can imagine. Wow. That's crazy, man. So this is going to be real special for you. 
yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. Katie. Well, I saw it as a kid. Um, like my mom, she showed it uh, to like me and my sister, and like I liked it, but like I didn't realize that it was like. I just thought it was like just those movies and like that was it. Like nothing else was ever gonna happen. No, you saw all six movies. I actually didn't see the prequels until I was in high school, so I was like 18 when I saw them. That was like last week. Excuse, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but um, so I saw them with Andy. So you saw the original trilogy first, and then you saw the prequels. Like really, we just watched A New Hope because I remember Empire Strikes Back. The Wampa scene always scared me. <laughs> I did, oh, Jabba also scared me, so I didn't like watching that as a kid. Aww. I mean, like, you would watch them, but then, like, I don't know, like, not as much, but... So you guys just watched A New Hope over and over, or...? <laughs> no, I mean, we watched all of them, but, like, that was the one we, like, watched the most, but... But it was your, basically your parents who got yeah, you into mostly, it. Yeah, mostly my mom, yeah. Me and Andy, we started dating my junior year, and he was like, yeah, so I really like Star Wars, like, will you watch it with me? And I was like, yeah, sure, like, why not, I've seen it. And he's like, no, like, there's three other movies, and I was like, oh, okay, like, sure, let's watch those, because I was just like, why not, like, he's cute, why not? <laughs> Andy, Andy, when you listen to this, that is the best pickup line ever. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andy, you want to watch some Star Wars? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's, he's warmed Johnny's heart already. Yeah, no, that's a fact, yeah. My earliest memories of Star Wars and getting involved in it was playing with the toys. Uh, my dad was a huge science fiction fan, and he would get me the toys. Like, we'd build them together, play with them together. And then uh, my earliest memory of seeing Star Wars was Return of the Jedi in the movie theater. And uh, the only really memory I have, it's vague, is my father reading Jabba's dialogue to me. Because you know, I, I was too young, I couldn't read. And I remember saying, like, oh, my God, that guy's awesome. What's he saying? And so he would read it to me. And I remember people getting angry because my dad was, like, getting into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and then after that, just, um, just it was just my life. It was a huge part of my life. People would go out and play, like, soccer. And I'd be like, nah, I'm going to play with the Falcon. <laughs> Aw, you had a Falcon. I had a couple. Julia, tell us about your introduction to the world of Star Wars. So I was completely indoctrinated when I was a kid. I watched it with my dad. He really likes Yoda, so we watched a lot of uh, The Empire Strikes Back, and he liked to do the Yoda voice. He still does do the Yoda voice. Oh, does he? Yeah, he really thinks it's really charming. It's not... Does he call you? <laughs> does he call you up on Hanukkah and be like, mm-hmm, eight days of little presents"? <laughs> yeah, except without the presents. Yeah, um, <laughs> his presence is my present. I'm pretty sure I watched a lot of the original trilogy with my my dad and my family. It was kind of big that way. And then I, you know, started role playing and stuff as soon as we got the internet. So that was when I was around 11 or 12, and then it just kind of ballooned from there, and uh, now I'm a full-fledged geek, or I have been for 20-something years. That's the story of my life. That's the story of your life? The story of Star Wars? Yeah, the internet is basically the story of my life. It consumes you. It has, it has. (laughs) Do what must be done. Jared. My introduction to Star Wars is before my oldest memories because I've mentioned it a few times in conversation recently, but when I was born, I was brought home from the hospital and in my brother's bedroom, there were two beds, one with uh, Richard Donner Superman sheets and the other one with uh, Cloud City sheets from Empire Strikes Back. And it's literally like the first thing I, I was set down on a set of Star Wars sheets when I was brought home. And I, I can't remember my first memory of it because it's literally like is along with English and just like existing. It's always I was been there. I was gonna I was gonna call shenanigans on that if you remember like yeah the, childish amnesia. Like, oh look, it's Bespin. No, I cannot I cannot remember a damn thing about about my first memory of Star Wars because it's just always been there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I credit my my father originally for introducing my oldest brother to it, and then my two brothers for just loving it so much that it was always around when I was a kid and uh, I mean I, I almost rediscovered it recently when Clone Wars dropped on Netflix like I, I could I, I was a super fan until college and after Attack of the Clones not because 
I disliked it or anything, but just because of life, I kind of fell apart of it, uh, you know, fell away from it. And when uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, I didn't even see it in the theater because I was in Europe over the summer. I guess a year ago in May, I watched the whole thing. I just kind of binge-watched it when I was nannying still. Oh, so basically The Force Awakens awakened Star Wars in you again. It reawakened it, yes. So uh, I will just say my introduction, introduction to Star Wars was in 1977. Uh, I can't say I remember it, but I everyone in Iceland knew that Star Wars was happening. We didn't get it until 78, until July of 78. And I don't remember exactly when I saw it, but I saw it at some point in 78, my grandfather took me to see it. I, I can't tell you anything like, I, like my mem, I actually feel like I have a memory, but we, uh, Jared and I were talking about this yesterday and then today a little bit online, just uh, in links, but child amnesia, which is, you know, you think that you remember things, you add memories, but really over time you forget things and you just supplant those memories with the ones that you've heard as an adult. So I have a vision of being in the theater, but I don't, I don't believe that that actually happened. I just, you know, it was probably different. But I know that after 1978, my life is different. Like there were drawings that we had for a long time that I, you know, like from 1980 of me just drawing TIE fighters and X-wings. That's all it was. Like everything I drew on my, you know, it, I had these notebooks and I would just draw TIE fighters and X-wings. And that was like for the, for the next like 30 years of my life, that's all it was, TIE fighters and X-wings. Unfortunately, we moved from Iceland and I did not get to see Empire. So I, we, we saw Return of the Jedi in 1983, and, but I knew the whole Empire story, and I didn't see Empire until like 1986 or 87 or something like that on HBO. But it's always been part of my life, and I, I am old, older than all of you, so I actually remember like Allegedly. No, I am. Uh, but I remember the buzz around Star Wars and I remember even though Return of the Jedi is not my favorite of the movies I think that experience would be way up there and I and I'll get to that in a second but who is your favorite character if you had like gun to your head one character you had to pick uh, it's gonna be Darth Vader uh, something about his and the way he represented anger and for me it really kind of struck a chord and always will uh, that's something that I've had to deal with throughout uh, my lifetime and, and kind of, uh, you know, do you know, progress therapeutically, shall we say? Right. Um, so um, it, him and then getting this, that's why Revenge of the Sith is, is kind of up high up on my list as well, because to seeing his progression, uh, why he gets so angry, you know, the things he could have prevented, the things he could not have prevented, but still him not being able to suppress that anger. Yeah. And then also the feeling of arrogance of, feeling yeah. of, of him when he feels he knows more than everybody on the council and, yeah. uh, and he, he feels that he knows what's right but still he hasn't learned you know, the life's ways and so maybe that isn't the right way yeah feeling entitled to things you know i mean that's something that happens in your teenage years and even in your 20s you feel like hey uh, my life is a trajectory and I'm supposed to be doing this and ev anyone who stands in my way is my enemy. I mean, I, Han was cool. They were all cool. I, I had no issues with anyone. It's just Luke was the one I wanted to be. Yeah. I, I wanted to be the guy flying down the trench run and, and blowing up the Death Star. I wanted to be the guy learning from Yoda to be a Jedi, to be the guy facing Vader and the Emperor in the end. All right. Uh... For this whole uh, question, I'm going to copy basically everything that Josh said because as he's saying everything, I'm just nodding. I completely agree with him on basically everything. Uh, you know, Luke is he's my favorite because, you know, he was the guy I wanted to be. Not just because he was the hero. I didn't care about that. I just I liked his character yeah. the best. And seeing his progression, seeing him change from the guy who really knew nothing and was somewhat whiny <laughs> in the beginning, transform into this like master who everyone goes to and he's kind of got on a quest for greatness but unlike Anakin he didn't want it just because he wanted to be better he wanted to do good for others not that Anakin didn't but I don't know I like Luke and Leia a lot I was what? Like, um, what part of one I know I know but I uh, it's hard to pick <laughs> come on okay, you fine. know Luke. in your heart you know Luke you know. okay like in a new hope like how he just kind of feels like a loner and like just wants to get out of there, like, go see the world. Like, I don't know, kind of, like, every little, I don't know, like, as a kid, like, I just wanted to, like, go. Yeah. 
away from here. So that was like relatable to me. And I would have to say Han Solo. What? But it has changed. It has changed so much. Oh yeah, same here. When you I was love Maul, right? Oh uh, well, if you ask me, my favorite prequel. Uh, trilogy character, it's Darth Maul. Like, and I don't even have to think about it. That's never changed. Um, <laughs> wow. But original trilogy, like, you know, when I was little, it was Luke. You know, when yeah. I when I got a little older and I and I thought I was a badass, it was Vader. <laughs> and then when I realized that like Han really had his shit together, like I was like, you know what? It's all about Han Solo, man. But uh, but again, please, it it can change tomorrow. Uh, I like Palpatine. He's my favorite character. <laughs> you know, you're gonna be unique because no one else is gonna fucking say that. Uh, okay, when I was a kid, I actually really liked Darth Vader. Like about maybe five or six or seven, I was like, oh man, this poor man. He's in this suit. I feel so bad for him. Like, what's going on with this guy? I mean, this is what happens when you're like the the daughter of a of a psychiatrist and like a philosophy professor. You start really, you have these like really deep thoughts about like. What is going on with this inner turmoil? Does like, he have borderline personality disorder? Like, like who? No. He's, he's following a sociopath. Well, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily. I don't know. Whatever. We don't. I don't even <laughs> want to get into it. Please don't make me get into that. I know. Please. Sorry. Please go on. Please. Go on. <laughs> but I remember um, my parents being kind of like uh, upset because they were like, "Why? Why doesn't she like Luke?" Or like, why doesn't she like Han? And like, no, I liked Luke and Han. They were they were fine. I mean, Han was was foxy, and I really liked Leia because she was a great you know female role model, and I still really like Leia for that reason. She's probably my second favorite character. I like Palpatine because I I always like the um. There's something about I think I like his cleverness, the unending cleverness. I mean, yeah. the dude started a war that I mean. And I say this as like, you know, somebody who was raised like kind of like sort of a Marxist liberal. But for some reason, the idea of somebody who starts like a trillion dollar war just so that he could like fulfill his weird like religious destiny or something like that. I don't know. For some reason, I'm like, good for you, man. Yeah. You know, you you did that. You did that. And yeah, because it's not I real. Guess, I guess, yeah, because it's not real. Because when it's real, it's actually yeah. horrifying. That's really hard. Uh, when I was a kid, it would have definitely been Yoda. Now I think it's uh, probably Qui-Gon. I like him a lot. Fucking Qui-Gon. You Qui son of a bitch! I thought I was going to be unique, and you no. had to take Qui-Gon from me. You You'll bastard. Before me. You <laughs> bastard. You now I got to change it. Now I got to... Thanks a lot. <laughs> I gotta change it. I was gonna be fucking unique. This is all Qui Gon's fault. Oh, it's all <laughs> Qui Gon's fault. Slap validating bastard. Johnny's uh, hate of Qui Gon. Oh my god. I love Qui Gon. Oh my god. I love Qui Gon. Oh, I don't god. hate him, but he's my favorite Jedi. You know what? No, I, I absolutely. Can, he's I can. The best. He's the model Jedi. I can change my answer because I can just say he's my favorite Jedi because he's. I, I'm gonna be honest with my because I probably my favorite character is a different character. So I was gonna say Qui Gon though. Model Jedi. My favorite character, I mean Qui Gon is my favorite Jedi, and so I want to say that. But if I'm gonna be realistic about it, uh, my favorite character would be Luke, and it's because of the journey he goes on and the journey that's coming up. I think that he goes from the wide-eyed farm boy who wants to, you know, become something bigger, and then he becomes something much bigger than he ever imagined. And he transforms so much that he throws his sword down at the end when he has victory in his hands. He doesn't want it. He never really wanted. He wanted to be a hero, but he didn't, didn't want to be the kind of hero who has to kill his own father. And I love that. I love that about him. Even though he has every opportunity to do it, he doesn't do it. And so I, I think I have to say, Luke. Over Han, even though, as I've gotten older, I mean, Han, right now, probably, I would say there's nothing I am happier about than knowing that Harrison Ford is in this next movie and he's going to be a big part of the movie. That is probably the thing that gets me jazzed up more than anything, that Harrison Ford, and that Harrison Ford is fucking happy as fuck right now. That he's in The Force Awakens, and he, he, I've never seen this guy this happy. I've been watching him now for 30-some years, 
and he looks happier than ever in every interview. So then what is your list, uh, all six movies, done to your head? Well, I'm going with Jedi as number one. For more of uh, what really enthralled me was the space battles, that that whole final space battle with the Death Star yeah. and the, uh, the Falcon flying at you. And I, and I had a couple of friends who had a larger screen television, and to see that on somewhat of a big screen... It just kept me coming back for more and more, and yeah. uh, it's always a screensaver for me. All right, then I go Empire number two, Phantom Menace number three. Mm-hmm. I really, I really enjoy the Phantom Menace. Right. Uh, I, I know it's not considered probably the best prequel out there. Well, but it is. It is. Anybody who's listening to this podcast knows it is. I, I, I love it, and uh, Oh, there's there's too many too many pros for, yeah. for any of the cons out there and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. So, and then actually then I go down to uh, a new hope and revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. and then I go down to attack of the clones for my last one I just felt that uh, a Jango Fett was very bland for me he didn't come off as, as badass and as uh, threatening as I thought he should be in that that galaxy yeah but uh, then again I from somebody being somewhat of a Boba Fett fan in the background, uh, I still think uh, getting to see the Mandalores at all involved was wonderful. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you mostly on Django, but that one scene between Obi Wan and Django in uh, oh, that was a great scene. What that a, was great a great scene! scene. And the fight, the fight too. Uh, it, it could have been a little better, but I still think that those two things, those two sequences between them, they're their dramatic confrontation and then their action-packed confrontation are the two best things in uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh, top, I'd have to say, is Revenge of the Sith. No matter how many times I watch it, I want the ending to change. I want the good guys to win. You're still rooting for them. That's awesome. I'm still rooting for the Jedi to win. I, You know, there's a part of me that every time I watch it, I want the ending to change. I want the good guys to win. I want evil to be vanquished. Because, I mean, I'm sure we've all seen the photo of the Anakin what could have been story. You yeah, know? yeah. S- strikes down Sidious. He grows up with Luke and Leia. Yeah, uh, by Dan Hip, I think, is the artist who drew that. That's that's great. Yep. yep. You know, so I'd have to put that one's definitely tops. Second, I'd have to say A New Hope. Like you know, it's the one that started it. It's the one that got me hooked. Right. After that, I'd have to say Empire. It's, it's definitely the one I've watched the most. Phantom Menace after that. And then Jedi and uh, Episode Two after that. Uh, Magnus, don't hate me um, because even even the bottom of my list is still near and dear to my heart, and I love them all. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, Jedi is my favorite because my favorite character is Luke, and seeing where he ends after this journey, I mean, yeah, it's kind of obvious. I think that is my favorite. Empire, I like behind that because it's just an amazing story. There's so much that goes on. All of the characters, not just Luke, but all of the characters go through so much change and things are pushed forward so much. And then after that, it's just basically preference, I think, just what I enjoy the most. Right. There's Jedi and then Empire and then New Hope. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite of the prequels, not just because of the transition into the original trilogy, but I feel like um, there's the most at stake with that movie. True. And any decision that's made has the most impact and... Uh, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for all the characters for their own reasons. And of course, with even with Anakin, you know, I don't want Padme to, or Padme to die either. I feel bad for him. Um, I wish he didn't make the decisions he did, but I'm also not in that situation. And then it comes down to Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace. And I was, I thought about this one for a while actually. I'm like, which one would I like better? And I think the only reason I went with Attack of the Clones better is because um, what the, the training. Well, like kidding, seeing the training that Anakin's going through, seeing Obi-Wan change from the Padawan to now instructing Anakin, uh, just that, that time shift, I, I like it a little bit better. And just like the fact that Anakin and Obi-Wan are together, they're a team now. Okay, so New Hope's my favorite. Probably then Empire Strikes Back, okay. Attack of the Clones, The Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, and Return of the Jedi. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Five. Four. <laughs> Six. No. Five, four, three, six, one, two. Five, wow. four, three, six, one, two. Five, four, so okay. Empire, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Then Jedi. Jedi. And Phantom Menace, then Clones. Okay. Wow. 
Interesting. You know, I'm with, you know, I think it's something like 80% of the general population that thinks, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back is, is the best film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's the most popular choice, and I and and be, uh, to me it always has. It. I mean, it has everything. The opening scene is amazing. You know, it just puts you right into like the, the Battle of Hoth, yeah. and then and it doesn't even really slow down. And then when you just think it's getting slow, it's like, hello, there's Yoda. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get sucked into learning about the Force, and then you get into this whole chase sequence, and then boom, Boba Fett, <laughs> and then it gets like really dramatic and sad. Uh, when Vader kind of double crosses Lando, and then and then everyone gets captured. Oh, and an- another main reason why Han Solo is one of my favorite is that door opens and Lord Vader's across from me. It's like fuck you, dude. I'm Han Solo. I'm drawing in your shit. I'm gonna like empty a clip on your ass. It so is. Like, it is like, actually so maybe the coolest scene in the entire saga. Yeah, true. Like, people would be like, oh shit, Vader. Han's like, I'm gonna empty a clip on this motherfucker. See what happens. <laughs> That's why when people like when people talk about Han shoots first or whatever and they they go they, it destroys his character. I'm like it doesn't matter because he fucking draws like a <laughs> yeah, badass on, the, on yes. Vader. No, right, absolutely. And then you have the epic uh, Vader, you know, just showing off with the Force, just throwing shit at Luke. Luke's basically just helpless. Yeah. Vader's screwing with him. Then the obviously the iconic "I am your father" moment. Yeah. And then I, I, it's it, you really have to really sit down with me and convince me that that episode five isn't the best. I mean, it's, there's just too much awesome in it. Yeah. And then uh, then I go episode four. A lot of it is nostalgia. It's the first one. Alec Guinness, in my opinion, to date, is the most talented actor ever to act in a Star Wars film. Uh, and then when he's on scene, uh, he just eats it up. You know, yeah. he just eats up the screen and. And he's amazing. And then obviously, you, you know, you just learn about the, the universe that Lucas created. So that's why four, you know, is, is going to be number two for me. Uh, and then, dude, Revenge of the Sith is a, is a great movie from top to bottom. It's uh, the only thing, you know, it has its faults, but it's it's really a well put together film. And then right behind that, I have uh, Return of the Jedi. And they're very close. And maybe if it wasn't for the fucking Ewoks. I would have, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi ahead of Revenge of the Sith, but right. I don't. And then um, Phantom Menace, uh, again, I love, I love like 45 minutes of that movie. And then I'm like, okay, with the other like 45. And then uh, Attack of the Clones, even though I still like it, I would have to put it, you know, towards the bottom because mm-hmm. it's just, I never really got into the whole middle of the film. The middle, of the, it opened well for me. It closed really really well the whole yoda dooku anakin obi-wan it closed you know excellent uh you know the mace window stuff was i thought this party is over i'm just like ah yeah no i agree with that and then uh the the anakin padme romance thing just i didn't think it was needed i i would have believed that it was just like a lustful relationship they didn't really need to like try and convince the audience they were falling in love all right so uh empire strikes back Okay. Um, because just just because of all the aforementioned reasons, mm-hmm. um, a new hope, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, and The Phantom Menace. Just have to say that I really like Attack of the Clones for the Camino scenes, because yeah. that right. really, for some reason, like turned me on in a weird way. I really dug the visual effects in that. I really liked the Kaminoans. I really liked finding out the mystery of the clones. I really liked, you know, Obi-Wan's detective work. I really liked the fight scene between him and Jango Fett. And for some reason that just really did it for me. Like that whole movie, like that whole like Kamino sequence, I just dug that. I, I, the ones I think are the best movies isn't necessarily the one that I recall the font most fondly. Mm-hmm. And I think the one I enjoy the most thinking about and remembering is Return of the Jedi, then Phantom Menace, then uh, Empire, then uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then uh, A New Hope, and then uh, Attack of the Clones. Okay, so my list of favorite movies... <sighs> God, like I was so sure before we went into this, but I'm gonna go with uh, Empire. Will probably always be my favorite. Uh, then after that is Return of the Jedi, probably because it was the 
the first movie I saw at the premiere day, then it's kind of a toss-up. I think I'm going to say A New Hope because of its importance in the saga. And then Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, and Attack of the Clones. And Phantom Menace, is actually comes down to what Jared was saying. It's about the emotions tied to it. And I went to see that with all my friends. And then that entire week, we went to see it every night. Because they actually had it on 24-7. And we would go out drinking. we get fucking wasted. And then go see The Phantom Menace at 3 or 6 in the morning or something like that. And we get a refilled popcorns. And then we go back and watch it again. So I saw it 17 times that first week. So, I mean, it was just crazy. And I, I have such great memories. What is your anticipation... Of The Force Awakens, do you have a checklist of things that have to happen? Or is it more just an emotional thing? Like, you want something to trigger something? Like, what? what is it? Mostly, I can say that it's a, definitely a, a physical emotion that I'm going to be searching for. But it's also an emotional and maybe even physical connection to the, the new person in my life, which is my son, who's, you know, almost two years old. Uh, he jumps up and cheers for Star Wars when he hears the music on already and, and it, uh, he finds the Star Wars apps on the, the iPad and on my phone and so getting him seeing that he's already anticipating and he doesn't even know what the hell it is <laughs> yeah. but he's anticipated for it and, and Jared's met my son and he's yeah, you, seen you it said, so. you said he reacted to my BB-8 shirt like he, he, he like when we met he was like oh he's an old friend because I was wearing my BB-8 shirt and oh wow precisely Precisely. We have we have BB-8 here at the house. We bought him. We got the, the the really nice one, and he loves playing with that guy and watching him roll around and and whatnot. And even now, I think the soccer ball that we got for him kind of reminds me reminds him of BB-8. <laughs> but getting back to the original question, um, is uh, I've never really been as anticipated before, even for the Phantom Menace. I would say. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, I know seeing the, all the teasers and all the TV spots, I think uh, official teaser number two, where we get Chewie, we're home at the end, uh, is really the, the best one for me uh, coming for new footage. And I think for me, it was p put together with the music at the moment where you see Finn and the Starfighters in the uh, Star Destroyers launching bay, where yeah. there's uh, the star, uh, TIE Fighters being blown up and there's one in the air and Tim. Finn pulls off his helmet and he starts, he's breathing hard. That music coupled with those scenes right there showing me that new footage along with that Captain Phasma is a really hit home for me and gave me those feelings that I, I would get when, you know, you see that opening crawl. And uh, again, that anticipation has driven me to actually, you know, hey, I'm going to go out of town and I'm going to go watch this with a group of other like-minded people who I know are going to love this as much as I do. Yeah. And I get to bring my kid in tow. And uh, so I would just say I'm probably over the moon. I, I know we're not going to get JJ on the next one. We're going to get Ryan Johnson. So, And yeah. I love his work. So bring it on. And each one uh, is going to have its own flavor. It is going to be its own thing. And I'm really looking forward to this. It, it, get Bring it on. That's all I can say. Bring yeah. it on. Prior to the acquisition and the announcement, all we were looking at getting was the 3D films. Yeah, that's you know, right. And I and while while we've been talking, I went back in IMDb and looked. Uh, episode one came out in 3D in 2012. So if they they did one a year, we would have been had episode four this year. We'd be looking at episode five next year. I forgot about that. Yeah, because I I remember going to see episode one in 3D and going oh and being like all right, let's see how this looks. You know, it was filmed in 1998. You know, we'll see how that, but and coming on going, you know what? That was actually pretty good. And thinking, oh, this we'll have these to carry us over for the next few years, and we'll see what happens from there. And then Disney blew that all that out of the water. It's it's insane to think of that. Where do you think, after you know, going through your top six list, where where is your heart asking to place The Force Awakens before you even see it? I mean, just the sheer fact that we're getting one when we never thought we would in top three i really think is going to do that so i think you're safe there so tim yes tell us what is your anticipation level for the force oh again 
Sorry, that was uh, Shami <laughs> dying at the end of uh, in Attack of the Clones. I'm at peak capacity because for me, all the stars are lining up for this. Um, originally, you know, before any of this happened, before Disney bought Lucasfilm, J.J. Abrams is probably my favorite modern storyteller, not just for his directing or screenplay writing, but he does so much more even beyond that. Yeah. He's like one of my Hollywood idols. So when he initially turned down the job, I was like so disappointed and I was like no that would have been perfect and but that just made it all the much sweeter when he came back and accepted it right. um, look, we, look we got him we've got what seems to be an amazing new cast I from what I've seen of Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver they are some of my favorite new actors I haven't seen uh, Daisy Ridley John Boy get that much but I'm really looking forward to uh, the actors the screenplay you know my two favorite as we said before my two favorite Star Wars movies are Jedi and uh, Empire, which were written by Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, I'm a huge soundtrack nerd, uh, and John Williams is obviously my favorite anyway, specifically his Star Wars music, so knowing he's going to come back and get another crack at those is amazing. Everything, oh, oh, and by the way, Luke, you know, my favorite character, he's in it. So everything for this is lining up for me to be what I'm looking for. Yeah. So I'm really at peak capacity. I, I can't wait to see it go down. But as far as the my where I expect it to go on my list of favorites, um, I yeah I'm a staff writer at Making Star Wars, so I'm fairly up to date with these spoilers and such. And I'm very confident that it will be at least number three on my list. Yeah. At least. I think it could become my favorite. It's different seeing them after they've already been out and like it's different being through like the whole process of it like knowing like when it got announced and like seeing like the casting picture and then um like seeing like all the teasers and the trailers like it's just it's been really exciting and getting to like read the spoilers and stuff and kind of like yeah piece things together like i don't know it's just i think it's gonna be really good well this is this is the first one that you are basically going to see brand new yeah right? yep Great, yeah. So I'm excited. So you you think this is going to be the best then? Yes, I think so. I like that answer. I'm actually like a little turned off right now by all the constant teasers and TV spots and posters. And I've actually taken about uh, a week break and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue that break until I go see the movie Thursday night. Uh, I've, I've avoided you know, the trailers and the TV spots. If it's on, I'll change the channel because like, I'm like, I'm already there. Like I yeah. got it. I can only go down from here. Like I'm already like wanting to see the movie. And now it's like, I, I don't want to say I'm seeing too much, but you know, I can almost get turned off. Like when I first saw Titanic, you know, I loved it. I was like, Oh my God, what a good movie. And then when everyone loved Titanic, I was like, it was all right. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just, sometimes I just, I just, my weird personality. Quit. No, but we, we call it, way. we call it the avatar effect, which was, if you remember, <laughs> I when hated I, that movie. Well, that most, most so... people, I, I love that movie, first of all, but, uh, most people were like, when that movie came out, they were like, Oh, what a great movie. And then every single person I know now who went to see it like three or four times hates it now. And it's like, I'm the only person left that I know who actually like is like, nah, I, I like that movie. Like, it's not as good as I remember it being because I watched it recently and I was like, oh, wow, that is cheesy as fuck. Gut feeling. Where do you think after you come out of the theater, first or second viewing, it's going to sit on that list for you? Yeah, it, it'll probably take me about even before, even around home video, like just wow. just a real quick to give you perspective. When I saw The Phantom Menace, I loved it. I was like, oh my God, it was amazing. Yeah. This guy, Darth Maul, the lightsaber battle was the best fight ever. And it was. That I mean, it probably still is. You know, and, and I loved it. I loved it. And then around the fifth or sixth time I watched it, I was like, wow, the, that, that Jar Jar is annoying. Like, <laughs> this is really boring, this whole Trade Federation shit. Like, wow, these guys, they sound Asian. I don't really... This is weird. Like, and then, but it took like five viewings. Uh, so after five viewings of The Force Awakens, uh, I honestly think I'm going to put it, it's either going to be right after A New Hope 
or right after, which would be my third favorite, yeah. or it would be my fourth favorite, which would be right after Revenge of the Sith. Right. And then it might build up over time. If it, yeah, but, if it but when I well. walk out of the theater, I'm going to call you up and be like, Magnus, 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 best Star Wars film ever. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Okay. So within the context of having seen all these movies, I would say that I'm anticipating it, but not thinking I'm going to go absolutely batshit crazy over it. Within the context of me being bored out of my mind this winter <laughs> and not having much to do, I can't wait. I'm freaking out. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting like cat scratch fever, like just wigging out, waiting to see this movie. In the grand scheme of things, um, I think it's going to be amazing. I think J.J. Abrams is going to pull off something really fantastic. I think it's going to be something that we all collectively haven't necessarily seen before, and we might need two or three watchings yeah. to adjust to. And I, I think we need to like prepare ourselves for that because I think it's, I think we might freak out a little bit after the first showing. I think like the first time I see it, I think I'm going to be like, okay, so what did I just watch? Like, mm -hmm. how does this fit in? Like what, what exactly the fuck was that just now? Oh my God. And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to need like, you know, three or four drinks to like straight <laughs> to like straighten out. You know, and then I'll see it again. And I'll see it again. And I'll be like, okay, this is how it integrates into the grand scheme of things. And like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. It'll take a little while, but I'm definitely psyched because I'm. I'm just. I'm really. This is the new content. Yeah. So I'm gonna put it last for now because it really, truly is unfamiliar territory. Okay. And and, and I and I really have no. I mean, every, every, and I've, I've read every spoiler. I pretty much know the plot. You know, the way it fits in is, it, it fits in by not fitting in. So that's what makes it more difficult to, to yeah. quantify. That's good. I like that answer. I keep thinking I've maxed out. Like, I thought I maxed out, like, at Celebration. I was like, this is the most I'm ever going to be excited for this movie. This is amazing. Yeah. And then, Every, not every single teaser and trailer, but like every week something drops, one of the Chinese uh, trailers or something, <laughs> where I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even think it was possible. Like, how, like seriously, it's a joke how much more excited I am. Uh -huh. And in fact, at, right after we got off yesterday, I realized like, I n never in my life has my insomnia been as fucked up as it is right now, except for like springtime. A lot of times it really kicks in bad. I'm like, why in the winter? Can I only sleep like three hours a night? What's happening? And I, it's anticipation for this fucking movie. The last three weeks, it's kicked my insomnia into high gear because yeah. it's just like, just happen already. Just happen so you can stop thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, for, for what I, for the answer I gave for experience, I'm hoping three. Like, I don't think it's going to be Return of the Jedi knowing that I went opening weekend with my family, you know, even though I can't remember. Yeah. It all. It, you're just knowing that that happened, and it can't beat Phantom Menace, you know, because of my age and because of the experience going with my brother. And but, but I feel like the buildup I've had and the experience I've had getting to know everybody, all of you and everyone else online, and I, I feel like that's going to at least make it a contender. Or even if I, even if you know, on 18th viewing, I'm like, this is the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen. I feel like at least it's probably still going to be one of my favorite experiences. My anticipation level for The Force Awakens is that it's going to be my favorite. Uh, and that after I see The Force Awakens, I will I will break my DVDs of all six of the other movies because they're pieces of dirt crap. Because that's how good The Force Awakens is. Mind you, that's also how I go into every romantic relationship. I'm like, this is the one where I'm going to forget that last girl, you know. Uh, it never works out that way, but um, <laughs> that's Aquarius. Yeah, that's right. I go in fucking ready to burn, and I'm ready to go. I'm going into the Force Awakens, ready to fucking burn. Like, it's either going to be the greatest thing ever, or I'm going to be disappointed. But I'll still like it. I'm. I can't even imagine that I won't like it. It'll be like worst case scenario, it'll be third on my list. But I don't. I don't believe that. I think it's going to be number one. No, I think it's going to be amazing. I just yeah. think it's going to be a different kind of amazing. Maybe. No, I think it's going to be very different from the other the other six. And 
I think some people are not going to be prepared for it, but I am. And I, the only thing that I, my only regret, I think, is going to be that I, I would, don't get to see it with Jules. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How high is the total gross going to be? All right. So, so we'll we'll do. Um, yeah, I think that that's a good one. Uh, let's do uh, first day. Because I, I, can you look that up, Jared? What is the uh, Josh record? just did. The Josh highest, had a, according to Box Office Mojo, highest opening day, single day gross is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Just over $91 million. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. Holy shit. I thought the first day was going to be like $50 million. Uh, that fifty million would put you at thirtieth place. Holy shit! <laughs> you sure? Next really? to Shrek Four. All right, so we want to guess. So we're gonna go with now again. We need that number. The uh, highest ever single day is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Uh, I'll give the full number. Okay. Ninety-one million seventy-one thousand one hundred nineteen dollars. And then the the weekend record is two hundred and what eight million Jurassic World. We have that ninety around ninety million for the first day, and the two hundred and eight. Let's say. Yep. Uh, so where do you think we'll, we'll start with uh, Nick? Where do you think the Force Awakens is going to land in those two categories? First day, and weekend. Well, I think we're all right, and it's going to shatter first day, and I'm going to go at, like, 137. Wow. First day. Right. I'm going to go for broke here. And then for a weekend, yeah, why not go at around 250? About 250 oh, for the wow. weekend. <laughs> oh, I should mention, this is actually something we only... Before, I mean, you may not want to change your number after I say this, but... Uh, a lot of people expected that it was going to be in the most theaters ever. It's only going to be in 3,900 theaters, which is not as many as Jurassic World was in, which I think was in 4,500 or... According to Box Office Mojo, it was in 44,274. On that first weekend? Uh, yeah. All right, so it was in over 300 more theaters that first weekend. All right, so just, just throwing that out there, but obviously it also didn't sell out. Every We're gonna have more. I think people see it more than once in that opening day too. 137, 250. Sticking with yes. that. I'm sticking right. with it. Josh. I'm gonna say 105 opening night. Okay. And I'm gonna say opening day. Opening day. Yeah, okay. opening day. Um, I'm gonna say 225. 225. Okay. Uh, and you, Tim. So opening day, I'm gonna say uh, 127. <laughs> oh, uh, I think we just got prices right going. Yeah. Drew Carey, and where are you? And weekend, I'll go up to because why not? I'm really bad at this, but what the heck? Uh, 260. Wow! Oh, All right, I have, I have high. Woo! Crazy! You well, crazy sure, son! I'm I am not Your going to underestimate. Uh, I'm not be the one who underestimated this movie. <laughs> Uh, Jared. Oh man, what is that's yours? A, that's, that's a hard, hard, hard. I'm, I'm gonna be what Tim doesn't want to be and probably underestimate it. You're gonna be like J.J. Abrams, practical. I'm a positive guy, but I also am a realist, and I see all the time people disappoint me, and, and, and all the time. Oh, that's so people, sad. People are super screwed up. Like I love our community, and if it was, if I thought that it was resting on the shoulders of the Star Wars fan community, I'd think it would be number one. But people are nuts, and they like awful shit. And uh, <laughs> wait a minute, are you worried about Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, I am not worried about the, any the Reckoning or whatever the, the fucking movies. Oh, is that no, what it's called? This is going to this is going to do phenomenally well. But will it beat you know Jurassic World? I'm not sure because I, I remember when uh, when Avatar came out and it blew away all winter records ever and blew away summer records and it, and it was unheard of no movies ever made a hundred million in the first weekend in december ever oh and that's happening ever already it's that's almost that's uh, already done unless lightning strikes every theater in america at once that's happening so. yeah so what is your what is your number jared what is your number single day and i'm gonna be super conservative for for thursday friday combo i'm gonna say <laughs> just a little over 100 and uh for Total, what's Jurassic World at? Is it 205, 204? I, it's either, yeah, 208. I'm going to put it right around there. I'm going to say between 212 and 225. 
I am actually like huge on box office numbers. So single day, uh, 116 million, and I mean, I really, uh, I'm gonna say 230 that first weekend, and it really could make 300 million, even with only in 3,900 theaters. It could make 300 million if it like kills on Saturday. According to Box Office Mojo, highest December. Uh opening weekend gross for a movie the hobbit and unexpected journey 84.6 million 84 point okay so not even 90 million. 90 so if you think about it if it does 250 million it's going to be three times the biggest b before it johnny uh single day what do you think 114 114 opening day 225 weekend Ooh, good one okay uh, Jules, what do you think? Single day and weekend. From Thursday to Sunday is going to make probably like 215 for the weekend. And how about that single day, the first day? 150. Listen, if you're right, you're going to be the first one to call 150 million and what you're going to sell. Win? What do I win? A what do I win? A date with Johnny Grasso. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. I put, put you on the spot. I've already <laughs> had a date with Johnny Grasso. Huh. Fine. You get a date with me. Johnny, what, what did you uh, what did you want to bring up? Yeah, on December 28th, I will be in New York City in Discovery Times Square, covering the uh, the the uh, power of clothing. It's the uh, Star Wars line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll be covering it for uh, MakingStarWars.net, uh, Discovery Times Square Power of Costume Exhibit. It's the entire. Uh, line of clothing, and I think C3PO and R2D2 and BB8 are going to be there. Pretty much all that stuff. So, I'll be also periscoping. So, if you don't have my periscope, I'm talking to our dozens of listeners. No, uh, J underscore Johnny underscore Grasso 14. <laughs> I'll be periscoping there and uh, I'll be writing about it. So, look for that on makingstarwars.net. Like I said, uh, I'll be there Monday the 28th periscoping live. So, within the 24-hour window Periscope gives you. Uh, check it out. I'll be uh, obviously taking pictures. I'll be Periscoping live streams. And some of the things that they're going to have there are as follows. Uh, the display includes costumes from the new film, mm -hmm. the menacing black mask of Vader, the gilded suit of C-3PO, the lavish royal gowns of Queen Amidala, and the bikini worn by Princess Leia when enslaved Ooh. by Jabba the Hutt. Anything else uh, going on over there? that anybody needs to promote? Well, I'd say to check out uh, the similar uh, extra people, you know, filled with guests, uh, pre-Force Awakens extravaganza on Force Children. Oh, wait, are we wrapping up? Goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Outtakes. I go into everything everything i don't do anything because i think it's gonna be number two i do everything thing is gonna be number one i'm a romantic i i want to burn i don't want to fucking you know i don't want to chill i want to burn yeah that's, ricky bobby if you ain't first you're last that's right that's right if you ain't first <laughs> do it you last second place is just the first loser on there and there what the hell just oh what's going hi on hi go for it Sorry. No worries. That is my niece. Hi. Oh, she, she I, I think, is much niece. more uh, thrown than I am. <laughs> I gotta... <laughs> guess I gotta edit that one. Uh, that's on me. I'm a bad host. <laughs> but Jared is a producer, so he's a bad producer. <gasps> always... Remember, the host always blames the producer. That's how that's that works. That's true. I've seen that a lot. <laughs> I learned that from Howard Stern. Yes, please be already lame. Go, <laughs> go oh. do the heroin right now. Uh, well, yes. I gotta get this dead hooker off me first. Oh, oh. great! We actually do have Artie Lang here. <laughs> you look like a much healthier, younger Artie Lang. <laughs> this is before I got into the hookers. <laughs> oh God, you almost sound like him too. After all this, after going through all this, listening to everyone else, your anticipation level although when i edit this i'll put you first just to fuck with it uh, <laughs> uh and they'll be like why was he so hostile i don't get it like everyone else is so amiable and then just comes in hostile he's an angry uh, opener <laughs> yeah his first credit is as jeffrey abrams 
uh, as uh, for score. And I forget the name of the movie. It's some terrible 80s movie. <laughs> but that was, and he was like in high school when he did it or something like that. He's still doing it though. His uh, the show he produced is Person of Interest. He um, composed the yeah uh, title sequence for that. Yeah. So JJ understands like composition, and he understands like the important. And we saw that uh, if you all seen the sixty minutes thing or the preview yes. for the sixty minutes thing, you see him talking about like how long. To hold a certain note because of you know he he knows how the the pictures how how long the transition is and all that stuff, I think that's amazing and I don't think George was ever that involved. I was fortunate enough once to meet and speak with uh, Michael Giacchino, who of course was, did the music for the Star Trek movies with JJ. Yeah, and he said that JJ is the most amazing director to collaborate with um, on movies. Um, he told a story about how in the opening sequence of the 09 Star Trek, when Kirk's, you know, spoiler if you haven't seen it, Kirk's dad dies in that big battle. Um, he said originally that whole sequence was heavy action when they put the temp music in. Yeah. And because there's this big battle and all that. And Giacchino said, I watched it and I thought, you know, this is so, this is so sad right now. I feel bad that this guy's dad's about to die, give sacrifice Wasn't himself, that Chris Hemsworth that. too? That was his dad? Yeah. Yeah, it was Chris Hemsworth. Um, and he said, so I feel really sad right now. He said, so I called JJ and I said, hey, I'm feeling really sad. Can I do it slow? And JJ said, sure, I trust you. So they did it that way. Yeah. Um, so. But, uh, you know, consistently, uh, Jedi Council gets like 50,000, 60,000 per episode. Uh, and that's not, I don't even know, like, if there's any other way that they distribute that other than on YouTube. But those are the, just the numbers we can see. What's and so the fact that they get everything wrong uh, just <laughs> means that the general public has no fucking clue what's happening. Like, they, they're the ones that have been seeing Plagueis. They're the ones that actually started. Well, they didn't start it, but they, they disseminated the whole Luke or uh, Kylo, uh, Kylo Ren is Luke Skywalker. Thing, or, yeah. all that. Like, they, uh, they didn't come up with <sighs> it, but they said it enough that all of a sudden it just exploded. So the Jedi Council is really, I mean, look, this, this show is fun, but, I mean, they, you know. They they've so far gotten everything wrong, so they haven't. Got, I can't think of a single thing they got right, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for Lucasfilm. That's probably why they got invited to the premiere. Well, maybe they're just afraid to call them out because they're they're thinking maybe I'll be on the podcast one day and I'll be up there talking about it. But if I call them out, they won't be my friends anymore. Oh, uh, you know what? He's right. <laughs> I think that's what it is. That's true too. No, I do. I think everyone believes that one of these days I'm going to be famous too, and I don't want to uh -huh. burn any bridges. And I'm old, you know. I'm 62, so I don't care. I burn bridges left and right. I don't give a flying <laughs> fuck, man. I'm a, hell, I I actually I I thought about naming this podcast "Burning Bridges," but you know, <laughs> Jared talked me out of it. That one, that's in the final edit. That you made hey. it up. So He's we, the producer, so you, you got to go with on, it. Yeah, you got that yeah. one on record. That's on record. That you, 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 made, you made that one up as, as we were talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, what? You saying I just made that up, Jerry? You, you did. And I know from your excellent memory that you know. <laughs> you make things up? What? What? You saying that I made it up, man? Like I made up the Snoke is uh, 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 Nemodian? No. <laughs> Whatever. Talks on you, Snoke is boss ass. No, no, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be uh, we're going to take all the different the Sith users uh, throughout the years and they're all going to combine like Voltron or the Transformers to create Devastator. Oh, one oh. big ultra. That's what it is. And I, I feel it's, it's, it's just the ultimate trolling is to ruin someone else's experience. Yeah, yeah. And we've taken steps with uh, uh, it's just I think this past week there was an article we put up and when we tweeted out the link, the picture that automatically generated with it was something we didn't want people to see. Yeah. So we had to figure out how to switch that. Amanda, Corey, and I were working on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were able to switch that around because, you know, like you said, you know, we respect people who just they just don't want that. We're not going to push it down their face or down their throats. Yeah. They'll wait for one thing to disprove it. Like there'll be one little thing that will change. And they'll be like, see, Mega Star Wars was wrong. And you're like, but. They were right about 99% of the movie. Yeah, but that 1%, though, it proves their sources and eyes were reliable as they think they are. They're so overconfident. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start recording? <laughs>
I, I thought I didn't realize that was part of my job as a producer. I thought I was just supposed to get everyone here. Wow. I'm um, so glad I realized that before this. Yeah, guy... no, no. Yeah. I, wow. I could, well, you would have figured out after the first person, but then we would have gone all the way through. Right, Andy and I have secret uh, DM conversations on Twitter sometimes. He doesn't tell you about that, does he, Katie? We have know. a history. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, secret cool. history, though. Nobody knows about it. Aw. <laughs> Is that your new spoiler site? Makingwaffles.com. Makingwaffles.com <laughs> with Johnny Grasso. Did anyone else think she was going to say because she's a great lay? I, I can't be the only one no, who thought that you were going to say that. I No, nobody. I wasn't going to okay. say that. Sorry. I, 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 just, would, I would never. No, you would. That's why I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> I seriously thought you were going to say because she's a great lay. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. And then we shall have peace. Oh, all right. All right. I, I guess I have to believe you now. You're going to fight me. You're going to fight me. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'll take you on. All right. Um, <laughs> I've checked the proof and it all, it all checks out. Yeah, I will the fight. The math adds up. I am such a feminist that I will fight a woman. I really wish, as producer of the show, you would have brought this to my attention because I would have then changed the question <laughs> because that is actually a really good point uh, because that, that's going to change my answer a little bit, what, what you just said, because you're right. Because you, you asked what we thought the best one was. Yeah, but I, I just thought about it. Maybe I should, Well, it's too late now. We've already, you know, so you ruined it with your answer, but uh, everyone else, you know, went in with good faith that we yeah. knew what we were doing. Look at what you've done now. Yeah, John. you I turned the tables. I thought. Um, did you just say right after we got off together? Oh, shit. Maybe. <gasps> I might have. Jared, you horn toed you. Who are you talking about? I, Magnus. I, will, I, I, I will disavow any knowledge of this. What were you guys doing? <laughs> the recording after we finished the other <laughs> session yesterday. We were. We, no, I mean you say that now, but I think I thought. <laughs> we I think got I, it on. You did. You taught me in a word I trap of my own making. We got it on. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. I, we 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 were just talking about. It. I'm not capable of passive aggression. It's just, it's, it's very upfront. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm, subtle. I'm only I'm only capable of aggression. So yeah, if something happened, you'd hear about it. I I'm would. Only, I, I'd be yeah. tweeting all over the internet about it. Well, you know. I'd be like, I just fucked Jared. No, I would not actually do that. I'm not that guy. See, that would offend me as a as a mistress of innuendo. So as soon as I heard Jared say that, I was just like, what? No, first of all, no. if, if Jared and I had sex, I would never tell anyone about it. Not because I was ashamed, but it's, it's between us. And my anticipation level. Oh, I, did I? Oh, I just. Uh, I've been drinking. I've I get been it. drinking. My. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's drunk. That's why. What are you doing? She's drunk. Don't worry. That's edited out of the podcast. What are you doing, Johnny? What are you doing? <laughs> why is Johnny making kissy faces in the camera? Now he's doing he it for is. you. Before he, was for you. Before he was checking checking shit out. If I don't mm. eat salads, I don't take my shirt off on podcasts. Ooh. It kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs> Same. What? Somebody get Jules a fucking salad right now. <laughs> <laughs>